I, I don't know what I'm doing now. All right, so are you ready to go? Yeah. Okay. Might as well. Might as well. Oh, yeah. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Made Education Matters, the show about all things policy and goings on in the Maine education community. Yeah, we listened, so um, I screwed that up. Uh, I crashed. <laughs> we listened, so you don't have to. I'm Courtney Belowen. And I'm Matthew Card. <laughs> so this is going well, folks. Yeah, we're, we're off to a good start. Look, shenanigans today, right? We no, hear total that. shenanigans. Total shenanigans. Look, anyway. We are, we are recording this on January 28th. And I think that what you've just heard, that beginning that you've experienced is pretty much the mind experience of just about every educator out there, which is just <laughs> yeah, an exasperated been- questioning. What? Lunacy. It's been a year since the beginning of the year. <laughs> Right. It's I mean, been- it was it was when we were when we were when we were full remote when we when we went out March 2020. Every day was a Tuesday. Every day, right? every day was like there was no difference anywhere. And then you kind of get back into the. We know we're going to be going into remote, and then things were tough. But we're like, there's there's sun on the horizon. There there's it, the goal is there. We see it. Yeah, we we saw it. it. We can get through this. And then the goal was achieved. And then we're like doing great, and we're getting together. And then. Uh, yeah. So now, I mean, people were feeling March tired back in October. In October, yeah, it's rough. It is rough. Whoo! All right, shake it off. Let's talk. Let's talk policy. There's nothing like talking legislative policy to pull you out of the mire of the March education mindset. Hey, <laughs> if there's one thing that excites every single person who listens to this podcast. It's guessing pe- whose houses people are in Hogwarts. That's true. And policy. What's happening in the education community, cultural affairs committee. That's two things. So you can tweet at us, by the way, and guess our our individual houses, Matt and I. Oh, I would love to see that. What do you think? What do you think we are? Maybe we'll get I'll put a poll up there. See what people can guess. Oh, do it. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Main we'll education poll. matters poll. What our Hogwarts houses are. Yeah. What what what, what do you what what do you think makes I- fits our kind of, uh, kind of uh, I don't know what. Are je ne sais quoi? Is that the, is that the, I don't speak, I don't That's... speak, yeah. what language is that? What? Exactly. All right. So this past week, we had a public hearing on the 25th. Yes. And then we had some work sessions on the 27th. So let's review what happened, shall we? Sure. On the 25th, there were four bills that came before the committee that they heard. Mm-hmm. Uh, going just in order by LD number, uh, LD 1870, uh, an act regarding the main school safety center presented by Representative yep. Patrick Corey of Wyndham. Yeah. Then and actually, this was one of those moments where it, you know, led the legislative process gets exciting uh, because we actually heard first LD 1902. Typically, they do go in numerical order um, unless for some reason they have to change. 
And one reason they change is if there's a heck of a lot of testimony. So you know how people are still testifying about the vaccination bills? Well, this was one. LD-1902 resolved to establish a pilot program to encourage climate education in Maine public schools, had over 50 pieces of testimony, and testimony lasted for more than an hour. Incredible. They actually invoked the time limit, (laughs) which is something they only do when it looks like there's going to be a slew of people testifying. So, so basically what happened is they opened up testimony and they had gotten all these emails ahead of time. Like, oh, I am definitely testifying to this. And yes. right now on the website, they're showing 97 pieces of, of testimony. Wow. So even more came in. My goodness. More, even yeah. more came in. And so they're like, oh, crap. All right. So we're going to have to lock <laughs> this stuff down. We're going to have to uh, figure out the, the, the time situation, uh, get your coffee, get your chips, get everything you need. Cause we're in this one folks. That's right. <laughs> we are listening. So, um, on the whole incredible, I mean, incredible response, very positive, lots of people in support of this. I particularly appreciated hearing the student voices. Whenever I see young people uh, participating in these public hearings, it brings joy to my heart. And they were eloquent and gave good arguments. Um, very proud of all of them. Yeah, I completely agree. It's always, it's always, and I know the the committee also appreciates that too. They appreciate yes. hearing that. And um, those those voices, whether they're in front of the committee or a school board, et cetera, they go a long way. They they, they really go a long way. And yeah. so uh, great to hear their voices. A lot of student voices. Um, this one, as a reminder, this this bill was all about um, pr- pr- creating a grant, a grant yes. program to encourage how to build climate education into schools. And a lot of the discussion yep. was on things like, hey, they're already in our standards. We This is not this should not be a, comp, a, a thing, but many teachers don't know either how to do it or the research behind it. And this is a way for us to get organizations connected to the schools. Correct. Yes. There was a lot of, so that, yeah, the bill itself would create a fund that uh, awards grants to districts partnering with organizations that will create together and collaborate on professional development, specifically about teaching climate change, climate education. Amazing. So uh, yeah, should happen. I, I personally, and if, so if you've looked at the testimony, testimony, you know, that I submitted testimony on behalf of the organization I work for, which by the way, um, opinions I express here are not those of my employer or organizations I represent. Nor mine. Nor Matt's. Um, Blame or done. And we're, but what I did say in that testimony, which I do agree with, which is um, that uh, the best way to improve education of any kind is to fund professional development. 100%. It's not it's not buying programs. It's not throwing money at resources. It's not facilities. It's professional learning. So I it, amazing move, right? This is the first time I've seen something like this in, in my few years of doing this kind of work where I yeah, see, yeah. I've seen funds for professional learning. And, um, and, and targeted professional learning yeah. in, in a way that is going to be directly and immediately impactful in right. classrooms and yeah. for, for, for teaching and learning. Um, yeah. 
fantastic. It's a, it's a fantastic idea. Um, a lot of support for it. Yeah. Um, a lot of support. What, what were the, what were the, some of the opposing ideas? There, um, I don't believe there was any full on in opposition. At least I did not hear. I will say that the testimony I submitted, which I did not get to say live uh, because testimony took over an hour and I had to go do something else. I couldn't life, say. Yeah, life kind of got in the way. Life happened. Um, what MCLA said, are the concerns of MCLA were around the possibility of grant programs causing, or uh, not causing, but continuing and continuing the inequities that they're actually trying to solve in some cases, because not every district in the state of Maine has the capacity to write and manage grants. That was one concern. Um, It's, it's work even simple grants. It's work. So someone has to do it. It's it's Um, work on the front end and it's work on the back end because you have to show how you have to report on them. You have to show how you're doing all those things, how how you're meeting the needs of the grant. And so if you don't have someone doing that, a lot of times it falls onto a a building principal or a superintendent or assistant superintendent. And if your district is lucky enough to have a curriculum coordinator or curriculum leader like that, specifically, possibly that person too. But if they, if you don't, then who does it? it? And so many other these administrative positions are especially these days, so day-to-day, yeah. that they don't have time to be thinking that kind of forward ahead or thinking in terms of that kind of planning or doing that kind of work when they're just literally just trying to survive and stay, above, stay afloat. Right. right, right. So that was one concern. And then another concern was around just making sure that the money goes directly to districts, <clears throat> that uh, there would be a concern that this money goes to organizations right. rather than directly to the districts. Um, I have a question. I, I don't need to go into why that would be problematic, but uh, that was a concern expressed. It wasn't entirely clear in the bill, kind of the mechanics of all of that. I think it, it is right. clear that there needs to be a partnership, um, but who yeah. actually gets the money, right, uh, is is a, is something worth considering. And then just along the equity lines as well, just just being sure that there are organizations everywhere <laughs> that that right. that a lack of an organization isn't a barrier to participating in this grant. Absolutely. Yeah. I do have a question about this, about this, yeah. whole, this whole, this whole, this whole deal here. Um, isn't the climate always changing? Are you, are you? And, and so uh, like, <laughs> What is the intention of this line of questioning, Magic? <laughs> I mean, is climate change like, is it really a problem? Okay. I mean, is it really, is it really stop something? Stop talking. Or- Just stop. <laughs> None of that. I I mean, I, I haven't. Up. Did it? it, it I, I remember hearing at least one or two people come say like, it, it was, so is this, is this really a problem? Like, this is something we really need to talk, discuss. And like, uh, uh, it's Wow, did I miss that? I must have missed it. Yeah, there was there was some conversation like, well, um, you know, just wondering about whether it's a wondering whether or not it's really needed. And people said, well, you know, it's in the standards. It's it's considered part of the education that the this committee unanimously approved. And um, I also know that one of the reasons why the NGS was delayed originally was because 
uh, it had language of climate change uh, and evolution change in it. And evolution. Oh, yep. wow. I, I totally missed it when I, when I watched the, the video. Wow. Look at that. So yeah, I'll be interested to, um, I will be watching and paying attention to this work right. session. Um, all right. So then after that, we went back to numerical order <laughs> and went to the act regarding the main school safety center. And I think this one was just a, this was one, I believe it's on the up behalf of the DOE where it was just kind of codifying what has already happened. Like the main, main DOE established the main school safety center. And this is just kind of putting it into statute to reflect what has already happened. Yep. That, that, that's, that seemed to be a, a kind of a, a repeating theme kind of part, part of the day, which was, yeah. oh, so now statute is catching up to rule. Yes. And shouldn't it be the other way around? And a lot of people are like, probably. And that is on you. Yeah. Yeah. It's been. Yes. Yeah. That's kind of the theme of this past week of, is, yeah, statute needs to change to catch up with rules. And why did that happen? Well. Yeah. yeah because y'all did it. <laughs> uh, it needed to be done. And. Maybe the, maybe people came to you beforehand and things didn't go through because of whatever reason. And so, yeah, we'll get yeah. to that one later too. Yeah. All right. Then we had 1880, an act to provide textbook cost assistance for high school students enrolled in early college courses. Um, I didn't hear anything against this. No, no, there wasn't. Everyone was like, yeah, great. Only eight, <laughs> only eight pieces of testimony and people were like, yeah, it makes sense. Sure, do it. Yeah. So, yeah, the gist of that is, I mean, it's exactly what it sounds like, that uh, somehow the means is not clear, but somehow that the state would pay for the textbooks for students in secondary schools who take uh, early college courses. Right. Great. Because sometimes those, those books are expensive. So. Oh, they're, they're incredibly expensive. Yeah. Uh, and they're, you know, especially if you're taking a science class, Generally mm -hmm. speaking, they're gonna be like, you know, three, $400 for a textbook. And then it's, you have to buy a new one the next year. And it's not, yeah. uh, it's, it's, it's scam. Let's not get on that. Yeah, we, should, we, should we have a conversation about the usefulness of textbooks? No. Okay. Nope. Not, not, not the place. Not right, the place. LD 1893, <laughs> an act regarding the use of a student athlete's name, image, likeness, or autograph. Presented by Senator Louis Lucchini of Hancock. Lucchini. That's such a good name. I love hearing his name. Um, and his and mother actually, is a teacher. Fantastic. And I actually think that on this one, didn't uh, Representative Brennan actually present it? And he was all like, ah, I'm kind of just presenting this because <laughs> I, I, that always cracks me up when that happens, when like a surrogate has to present and they're just kind of like, don't ask me anything. <laughs> it was really funny because he was like, yeah, so I was going to put this bill together. And then right. Lucchini was putting one together. And so we kind of talked about, like, hey, why don't we get together and do it together? And so Lucchini was like, I'll take mine. And Brennan was like, yeah, dude, you go ahead with yours. Got it, man. And then so Brennan just kind of went like away and didn't do anything. And then like Lucchini submitted <laughs> this thing and then he resigned. And yeah. so then like Brennan's like, ah, uh, uh, so, okay. uh, but he good. did a great job. Uh, as, oh, as yeah. Good. Um, I found there's only two pieces of written testimony for this. Yeah. And I found one is by Brennan, the, the one that presents it. Yeah. And I found the other one by the U UM, University of Maine Director uh, Athletics, Ken Ralph. 
fascinating. Yeah. All right. Uh, neither for nor against. Okay. Uh, says things like, "Yep, yeah, hey, uh, we're we're neither for nor against this." Um, they express the strongest support for student athletes benefiting from their name, image, and likeness, which is the intent of the bill. And right. it actually has policies about to support this. Right. But there are problems with the way that this bill is is written. Oh, okay. And there's some language in it that so there's some there are quotes, some technical concerns as it's currently drafted that we urge you to address if you determine it's necessary to move this bill forward. And then they nice. list out those technical concerns. I'm not going to bore everyone with them here. No, yeah, go check them out. But it was it's it's really interesting because that's that's the kind of stuff that I love about public hearings and public yeah. testimony, which is got a great idea, want to push this forward, and then someone comes in and says, "Yeah, great idea." And, and you got to look at this, like right. one, it's being done. And two, there's a whole bunch of stuff that you missed that right. you don't have the expertise on and maybe yes. find people who do first when drafting said legislation. Yeah. Wouldn't that be awesome if that happened? Right. Like. So pause, let's get meta for a minute, right? This is why public participation in the legislative process is so incredibly important. Our legislators at the state level and the federal level are people just like you and me. They are not experts mm. on everything. They aren't even experts necessarily on the committees that they get assigned to. No, they're just right? committees. Yeah. So um, it's incredibly important for people with expertise to pay attention to the policy in the areas of their expertise and offer this kind of testimony. You don't always have to come down yay or nay. NFNA is a great way to go because then you can just say, and here are my thoughts or here are my suggestions for things that should be changed. Right. right. As, you're, as, you're, as you're moving forward with this. Make sure you think about this. You know, right. the, the intent of this bill is great, but there could be some ramifications that you didn't necessarily consider. Exactly. Or that didn't necessarily think about or that whatever it is. It, it, that's why the, the public testimony, that's when it works really, really well. And I think that this is one of those examples of it being like, hey, great idea. The two of you work together on it. Bros in the legislative process. Awesome. And now we're going to go forward and we're going to do it. However, hang on. Got to rework it before we move on. And yeah. I love that. Yeah. And that All was right. That was the public hearing day. Nothing else to talk about that day. No, no, I don't think there were any reports. Nope. Nope. So then um, Wednesday was a full legislature day. Uh, yeah. we, we don't care about that, but. <laughs> nah, but. but that's just when they go and they what they 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 supposedly vote on things, but yeah, they vote on things. You no, know, but you know it's it's very. E I've I've been in that room and it's very easy to just lean over and press the button of someone else's thing. So you could just like <laughs> to vote to vote for someone else. It's very easy. Are you making are you suggestions? Are you? I'm I'm neither making suggestions okay. nor am I making accusations <laughs> nor intimations or anything. I'm simply saying when I was in there for a, for a thing for a legislative day through a program that I went through, through Educate Maine, known as the Education Leaders Experience, which is one of the yeah. best professional learning experiences that I've had. There you go, Dolly, there's a plug for you. Um, uh, I'm in it this year. It yeah. is, it's awesome, it's great. I, 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 I'm, I'm envious of you, of you being able to do it again. 
Um, but it was one of those moments where I got to see like, oh, so you really can just go. And during that day, I did. And we did voting. I, I went and I pressed down the line. <laughs> Saw how easy it was. But I'm not saying people do that. But I do know there is proxy voting. There is by proxy voting. And that, yeah. that, is, yep. per, that is permissible. That's a thing. But aside from the Wednesday, yeah. full legislative day, we move on to the Thursday and, you know, a simple work session, a simple no. work session to move through two bills, two just bills. two. So 45 minutes and they're out. No, work sessions go on and on and on. And for both of these bills on the 27th, it was the second work session. Yeah. So let, let, so the first one, yeah. Act to Improve Student Access to Post-Secondary School Transcripts and Diplomas. Yes. So I actually think, so ultimately it was um, uh, recommended ought to pass as amended, uh, seven yes, five no, minority report ought not to pass. And so what the amendment, where the, the spot it eventually came to was that there was a threshold. Uh, so less than if the debt owed was less than $2,500 for a four-year institution or $500 for a two-year institution, then they're required to release the documents unconditionally. If it is above those thresholds, the student must agree into a repayment plan and um, then they can re be released. So that's one bullet point. Second bullet point in the amendment is that there needs to be a consistent process across institutions in Maine. And then um, third bullet, that there is an appeal process. Right. And that's it. Yeah. So. There you go. Yeah. I will say this too, if you want, in this podcast, the history of this podcast, we have begged and pleaded for these things called the blue sheet, what we call the blue sheets, <laughs> because they're these analyses that the that, that Rizzler and the legislative analysts and the revisor of their office, they all these they do these things. There's actually, they're on there right now. This one is on their testimony. It's really fascinating to read through to see this is what was presented. This is the analysis that they did. Here's what it all does, yeah. um, how it's defined, et cetera. They don't do this for every bill. They're not always available for every bill. But for this one, it is. And if you wanted to see what we're talking about, they're available on the uh, public testimony list on the Ed Committee and the, or the bills itself, which is uh, yeah. 1830, LD 1838. Right. Oh, thank you. I, we didn't say the number, I don't think. Maybe we did. Who knows? I don't know. Yeah. So that's what happened with that one. And then they moved on to LD 1845, which is one of those ones where it was bringing statute in line with what had happened in rulemaking and language caused all kinds of a kerfuffle. I would say that this whole this whole bill was depended or it was hung up on two words. Yes, you're right. It was two yeah. words were, were the, the majority of the conversation on this. And the first one we've already talked about a little bit, which was technology. Technology. That was not the first. The first one we're going to talk about here. Uh, but technology was <laughs> was one of those words now recap why that was a thing so it's a thing because the the statute prior the statute prior to this week right, has said um that science and technology was listed as kind of like one of the content areas of the main learning results right 
the in the most recent main learning results revision of the science standards, they were updated to reflect the um, uh, the the oh my gosh this the new science next standard. generation science. <laughs> Thank you, next generation. I'm like the NGSS. Why can't I think of what that actually means? Again, folks, it's Friday. It's Friday, end of January. And the the Leave next gen science standards say science and engineering. Right. Um. And so that's all it was, was just because to be technology, consistent with the documents. Technology is embedded in both science Technology is and embedded in, yes. And I think um, Beth Lambert from the DOE actually gave another interesting piece of kind of understanding or context about the word technology, that nowadays technology in, in the context of standards and learning objectives often refers to computer science type work. Whereas in the late nineties, <laughs> it meant very much like knows how to word process, knows how to open the internet, like was much more uh, tool-based. So right. uh, that was another distinction. But the place where the Ed Committee got a little hung up was that there's also this term STEM. Yep. And there was, dissatisfaction at the removal of the term technology because it was not it did not reflect the word stem which everybody loves and everybody's got to use the word and the term stem um so Buzz, that's what happened so and it buzzwords yeah, matter buzzwords matter and it ended up being one of those uh like <laughs> Who wants to die on this hill? <laughs> type of like, that's the funniest thing about this whole situation is they're all saying, I don't want to die on this hill. And they spend nine hours talking about it. Someone wants to die on Someone this hill. Someone clearly wants to die on this hill. <laughs> so ultimately where they ended up, um, the DOE Beth was very repeated very clearly that um it was more of a problem to remove the word engineering than it was to simply add it on and keep technology there. So, um, and people wanted to be sure the question was asked, which as a curriculum person, I completely respected. The question was asked that if they leave in the word technology, does that unintentionally create the situation where now technology standards would need to be written because we do not actually have technology standards in the state no, we of don't. Maine. We've never adopted technology standards. A lot of school districts have gone and either formally or informally adopted their own. Right. Yeah. So I don't know. I don't know. I guess we'll I find we out. A, I don't think we got a clear answer on that. No, we did not. Yeah. So, we didn't. so there was a real lack of understanding on yeah. that one, which yes. is a segue to, I think, the second word we need to talk about. Empathy. I got some things to say about this. Do you go ahead and say I, I, I do because in one of the paragraphs, it they're talking about school innovation, they're changing the words restructuring to innovation. Yes, okay, so like school innovation recognizes critical educational role of technology, integrates technology and technology system, all this other stuff about in, uh, innovation. And there's this line that uh, school innovation includes empathetic understanding of the various roles of stakeholders, including parents, students, teachers, et cetera. And it focuses on understanding and defining the root cause of challenges and innovates test solutions. Okay, so it talks all about that. Right. 
people had a real problem with including the word empathy. Empathy. Yeah. Yeah, they did. They didn't feel like it was good statutory language. I can appreciate, I can appreciate that view. Um, I'd be interested if someone were to do an, an, a legislative analysis of statute and see how many times the word empathy shows up. Um, so I, I understand it. I, I'm not saying I agree or disagree, but I understand where they, they came from with that. I mean, I can, I can, I can, I can see where they're coming from at it too, but it is, a, it is at such a, in my opinion, a both superficial and a complete misunderstanding of what, mm-hmm. which is kind of ironic, uh, understanding <laughs> of um, the word empathy and yeah. empathetic in this way, because empathetic is more than just understanding. Right. And they were saying that things like, hey, no, empathetic is understanding. And that's what it says on Wikipedia or dictionary.com or wherever, whatever the references they used. And then said, so it's redundant. And I'm like, no, having a academic understanding versus a historical understanding versus an empathetic understanding are very different things. An empathetic understanding understands that how this is impacting designed for and by the users who are you who are doing it and then it's built from there and so school innovation includes that level of community-based user-based student teacher community-based kind of design right this just says school, school innovation under, includes understanding of the various roles but there's a there, i think there's a huge gap in sure. those yeah, there is a large gap between understanding and empathy. Yeah, I get it. I get it. And there was a real opportunity. This is one of those where I think the, the Ed Committee and the DOE had a real opportunity to push innovation in that way and to push in really innovative school thinking and that word that's innovation. And they got hung up on that word. And by doing so, I think it actually waters down so much of that whole point on, on innovation, unfortunately. And anyone who knows me knows I'm big into innovation. I, I'm a big fan of it and uh, and want that for our schools and worry now that it's like under, understanding can just mean budgetary. School innovation includes understanding of the various. Yeah, I understand the various roles. I know what they're I know what they're supposed to. I know what they've done right. for 100 years. Teachers have done this for we've had this for 100 plus years. And it why why change it? Uh, but can you legislate empathy? I don't think this is legis. This is le- I think put it. This is do it. It's adding the word empathetic into the definition of innovation. It's saying part of being in- innovative in these school re- reconstruction school innovative sides is to have an empathy fueled or empathy centered focus, as opposed to just having a focus on something else. <laughs> on what? Who knows what? Huh. I, I see this as a miss. All right. So it's a miss in Matt's book. It is. So that one ended up. Um, ought to pass. As ought to pass. Ought to pass as amended, everybody. Which is um, great. I, I do want to appreciate uh, Senator Millette pointing out that the revisions were uh, passed unanimously without any controversy right. over language when they approved the actual rules. So the science standards Um, and that she felt they should revise. They, she felt it should have been passed without the amendment 
and all the stuff around technology out of respect for the work of the educators. Yeah. Uh, so I do just want to highlight that. I think, and, yeah. And appreciate that. So then that was done and they had another report. report. <laughs> this was the five-year strategic plan from the State Board of Ed. Um, I'm just super quick going to say that, um, so they highlighted their priority areas, board effectiveness, career and technology, education, certificate, uh, teacher certification and higher ed, and then school construction and renovations. Everything felt very thought out, made a lot of sense. In particular, I'm thrilled to hear that they as part of their board effectiveness goals, want to get better at including student voice in the State Board of Education. Yeah, slow clap, State Board of Education, slow clap. <laughs> yeah, it's, it, 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 whereas we might think it, it, it is overdue, glad that it's here now. Yeah, so good. So yeah, so that wrapped up the day, that wrapped up the week. That was the week, folks, that was it. Yeah. A lot and of week- technology and climate. Sorry. <laughs> empathy technology and climate that's the title of this week's episode next week is all work sessions for all the stuff that we heard this week so right that's february 1st work sessions on those four the student names the textbook cost system safety center and the climate education those are happening starting at 9 30 on february 1st and february 2nd we have another works uh work session so far there's three bills uh yeah. set to be uh worked through um, a result uh, L- to uh, LD 680 resolved to reestablish the task force to study the creation of a comprehensive career and technical education system, uh, presented by Senator, uh, Daughtry Cumberland, um, LD 1206, an act regarding the terms of office of the director of Maine state museum commission. That's a cultural culture. There's <laughs> hard pass. Probably not report on that one. <laughs> And then uh, LD 1820, an act to strengthen the governance of Maine Community College System and University of Maine System. So that's the week. A uh, cu- bunch of, couple, just a couple of work sessions yeah. planned. There are some uh, public hearings down the road, mm-hmm. but we'll cover those in a later podcast. Yeah. That's all the teas, folks. All right. Stay warm this weekend. Get your snowshoes out. Yeah, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be a, a blustery one. Uh, thank you again for downloading, listening, subscribing, all that jazz. And if you want to follow us on Twitter, it's at Main Ed Matters. If you want to follow me on Twitter, I'm at Drew at Card. If you want to follow Courtney, it's at Belolan C. And we appreciate you. Thanks so much. Yeah, and hey, if you do yeah. guess the right, the right houses Ooh, yes. for us, Ooh. we will tag you in a picture of dill pickle chips. That's what you oh. win. All right. Bye, everybody. Bye.